It's time to get back to a simple, pure, authentic love for hunting. No more overcomplicating or changing our heritage. Join host Shane Mowry, the Bone Maniac, as he brings you a real look at hunting. It doesn't take fame or fortune. It's for everyone. It's a way of life. It's in our DNA. Okay, guys, we got a special guest. Well, I think he's a special guest. Uh, he's a longtime uh, Fred Bear advocate and uh, a shooter of bear archery there also. And Jim, it's great to have you on. Uh, I've been wanting to get you on and chew the fat for some time and talk about all those wonderful trophy hunts you've been on <laughs> that I have not been fortunate enough to, to draw the tag. So, And uh, the most important thing is shooting them with the stick. So let's dive right into it. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. So Jim, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's start off uh, with uh, just telling everybody a little bit of your background. Cause I'm eager also with, with bear archery. I mean, uh, you live in, in Michigan, being around the whole um, Fred bear uh, persona, so to say your whole, your whole life. So um I, I'm just anxious to hear because I didn't grow up there, you know. I'm on right. the other side of the country, you know, where we have all those animals. <laughs> right. But I can't get the tag. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just love to hear the I love hearing the stories of of Fred Bear days um, and more so of of folks in your era, my dad's era. I, I'm almost 50. So it's it's kind of like I. I didn't, I, I caught a little bit of it, but not, not as much as I'd have loved to live in the seventies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, I grew up here in Michigan. Um, my dad was an avid bow hunter um, and always shot bear archery stuff. Um, and so did all his friends. So it was just like a natural thing because like I said, I grew up with it. I started shooting a bear uh, recurve or I guess it was like a long bow an older one from the fifties when I was a kid, like five years old. And, um, then I just progressively went from there. Um, and then, you know, one of the cool things about living here in Michigan is we would take yearly trips up North to, and we inevitably stop at the museum in Grayling and we, you know, go in there. Um, you see all those mounts, um, and the, you know, the newest, latest and greatest bows would be in there. Uh, there was a back room that would show all the videos. So um, that was a big inspiration to see all that, you know. And like I say, with my dad being a, you know, avid bow hunter, and he just bow hunted deer, him and his friends, you know. But um, we grew up on, you know, I grew up on a farm. And so then anyway, when I was going to be old enough to hunt, um, it was, again, another trip up to the Grayling Museum and picked me up a new bow, you know. Money I had saved up from working here and there, odds and ends. So when I'm 11 years old, I'm going to get a bow because I can hunt when I'm 12 legally. So, you know, did that trip and uh, I bought a Black Bear Magnum. So it's similar to the Kodiak Magnum, just like maybe um, didn't have the tip overlays now. But anyway, that was my hunting bow that I hunted with for years until I was like 18. But I've always shot a bear recurve, you know, and hunted with bear recurves. I've tried a few other bows out and there's a lot of good bows out there, but I've always just stuck to the traditional archery side of it. So that, that was pretty neat. Like I say, having that and always reading like the Fred bear field notes um, 
and seeing the movies and stuff like that. And the other thing, um, through a strange coincidence, I got to be friends with the caretaker at Grouse Haven. So obviously that's all bear archery. So I got to go there, you know, so and spend a little time at Grouse Haven. So I, that was pretty fun too, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. <laughs> most people, most people don't even know that name, you know, and that's sad. Right. Yeah. So, and like I said, so that's always been, uh, just been my thing is, you know, bear archery and traditional archery. So it's the main, I mean, I do gun hunt and I enjoy gun hunting, but, sure. uh, you know, it's archery is the main thing I do. Well, I was told, and I'm sure you were too, growing up, it's like, son, you learn uh, with that stick bow, that, that gun's going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that was the thing too, because like, like say in the evening, we had some spare time. And I, I mentioned this to someone the other day that you don't see people doing this anymore, but my dad and I would go out and shoot our bows in the evening. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some just regular hay, hay, or straw bales up against the side of the barn that were covered and we would go out and shoot in the evening, you know, and that's just yeah. something that you don't see people doing really anymore. You're not, you know, because once you say, if you have a compound or a crossbow, it's sighted in and it's done and it's over with, you know, yeah. but it was fun. And even, you know, I, I remember my friends all coming over, we all shot recurves, you know, and a lot of them still do. And that was just something, our, our pastime, something we did. We didn't know any different, you know? Well, absolutely. And, you know, you're saying those type of things and stump shooting out here. Of course, I'm sure you heard of it. I mean, we do, we've done a lot of that, yeah. Um, you know, too. And the kids, I just have at it. Go out and just start shooting stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> that, as long as it's not the cattle. <laughs> right. Yep. And that was it. You know, and like you said, stump shooting or just whatever, small game hunting or bow fishing and stuff like that. That's the stuff that I always did, you know. Well, yeah, you know, and, and I think – and we'll jump all around here a little bit, but I think those that's listening will follow where I'm going when we come back to full circle is, um, it was that not, uh, the type of, uh, information that Fred wanted to put out there to people, um, to just pick up their bow and go, you know, just therapy to the mind a little bit, therapy to your body or your friends. Right. Right. And, that, and that's it. Like, it's like I getting back to just like, I said shooting in the evenings or going out walking around stump shooting or doing stuff like that. Yeah, it's and and even like as you get older to me, it's like it removes you from the hectic day-to-day life, going to your job or doing whatever. And you just get away from everything, you know. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think uh there's a lot to be said with that of the everyday hustle, bustle and grind and things like that, you know. I don't really care what goes on in, in life. We're pretty slow out here, you know? Yeah. And there's kind of Idaho standard time is kind of the joke because it takes me three or four days that should have gotten done in a half a day. Yeah. <laughs> My wife usually tells me that, you know? It's yep. like, you used to be really ambitious about getting those things done. I'm like, meh, I look at life a little older now or a little different now as you get older, you know? So, yeah, definitely. Um, That's how I am too. I actually, I just turned 60. Um, last month and uh or a month and a half ago anyway and uh, like three weeks ago i just walked in and at the end of the day and signed my papers and retired i had enough <laughs> good for you <laughs> yeah yeah i had enough because i i drive 40 miles down to the city each way to work and i've been doing it for over 40 years and i just had enough you said yeah oh i can imagine well what's the closest city that you guys got i'm always curious to know like well the closest like big city yeah, like yeah. Major city, yeah, would be Detroit, like forty. Oh, 
45, 50 miles south of me. But for oh, me wow. to go into town is like one town is about seven miles from me. The other one's eight miles from me. Oh, I got you. In between everything. But Detroit, <clears throat> that's a whole new animal, right? I mean, 40, you say roughly under an hour you can be there, huh? Yeah. Depending on traffic. <laughs> yeah. and it, Yeah. The interstate runs right. Actually, the back of my property here, the interstate cuts through and it's a direct shot right to uh, right to Detroit. So, oh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that part I don't envy. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I, <was> like, <laughs> I remember driving through there one time and I, you know, I, I flew in a few times, but uh, uh, driving through, I was like, no, never again. You know, right. it's kind of like Chicago, you know, I was like, nah, ooh, yeah. don't want to do that. Not good. Don't want to do that. No, 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 no. And that's been years ago. You know, I just yeah. refuse some places. I just refuse to fly, you know? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I understand that. You know, and I, I'm really not, really not much on flying. You know, I like being co-pilot, <laughs> but, yeah. but I almost feel like I have a little bit of control. You know, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> if up in the air when there's, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I don't care for it. But anyway, yeah. right. That's another. That's another <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, and that's that's kind of like uh, some of the things that I grew up uh, that I had, which my granddad had got a, uh, a bear cub. That was his bow. And that, I mean, he didn't, he didn't hunt with it that I know of. Um, yeah. I'd have to ask my dad, but I don't think so. Um, my dad dabbled with recurve a little bit. He was more of a compound guy. Um, shot the Jennings with Tom for a lot of years, but, uh, uh, that bear cub got back to me where actually it was, I was able to take my first deer with that thing. But, uh, um, it's still here. It's going on four generations, you know? So I don't know if my, my son likes these 44 ma or 48 mag, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> he loves that thing that Neil made for him. But, um, uh, I don't know if he's going to get into that one. And plus it's, I want to say that my granddad bought that thing. Cause I had Ryan look up the numbers and stuff like that. And, um, I think it was 58 is what we come up with. Okay. Um, when it was made or whatever. Yep. Um, and I don't know how it didn't like blow apart. It just one day out of my head, I was like, dad, do you remember that old bow? I'm like, I know Pab let me use it. I had it. I've shot it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, where's it at? Like six months go by and he's like, Hey, uh, found something. I, I already forgot about it. It's that time, you know? Yeah. I'm like, um, Found something, I'll slip over and I'll bring it over to you, whatever. And here it was. Now, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy cow, I remember like I was 12 or 13 at that time, too. You know, it was just yep. a whitetail, doe, or whatever, but um, just having those type of memories. And because out west, like normally, like, you know, bear's not a big name, right? Right. Um, I mean, they know but it's not like the go-to stick, you know, or something like that. Right. So, yeah. Definitely. I think it was more prevalent in the Midwest and stuff like that, you know, back in the day. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. You know. But just understanding that whole history of it and going back to it and then talking to folks that's lived so close and, and yep. things like that, you know, it's uh, just talking with some of the guys over at Boeing um, and some of the old notes that Fred and Rollins would have, Yep. you know, and sharing that, I was like, 
I just got to get out there and see it. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah. But I never had the opportunity. And now it's, it's coming around. Maybe I'll get there before I croak, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but just coming yeah. up with those whole history things. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot. And I guess my thing is, is like how I like talking with folks um, is within, within the Fred bear world, I should say. Um, do you feel like what inspired bear um, back then is the same as the inspiration today with how, how Fred vision things and how like folks today vision archery? Well, I think that Fred Bear's vision was a little bit or a lot different probably because he was trying to promote archery and promote bow hunting across, I mean, basically globally, but, um, and he was doing it through his hunting trips. He wasn't, you know, he was promoting archery. He wasn't promoting himself. It was to promote archery and to give people, uh, I guess, uh, a different avenue to get out in the woods. And that's why, he, you know, bear archery always was an advocate of become a two season hunter, you know, it's gun hunt and bow hunt. Um, so basically I think what, what my point is Fred bear was doing it to grow the industry, grow the sport. I mean, that's why he left his patents open for other boyers to use and other, you know, stuff like that. And they always were comparing stuff back and forth. Um, I think maybe people start out nowadays wanting that but it seems to get sideways a lot and everyone's sure does. looking for sure does. everyone's looking for accolades like you know i did i accomplished this i accomplished that i should be recognized for it you know they forget real soon that you know there's nothing monumental in life that's ever done alone you know right nothing. right <laughs> you know exactly um, and uh and i'm glad you made that point because you know from my understanding, he did leave a lot of those patents open for other boyers to to take a right. look at, especially with the Allens, you know, with, when he got into the compound stuff with Allen right. and stuff like that. And Tom, you know, Jennings, I know right. they were always comparing things back and forth. Yep. You know, just through my research and hear my dad talk when he shot with Tom and stuff like that, you know. But yep. um, Yeah, so he just, things. you know, he just basically did everything he could to promote archery, you know. That's why if you, like, really read a lot about it, they would take dozens of arrows and spare bows. And he would just basically leave that stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. he was always just trying to promote it um, for the well-being of the sport and to get interest in the sport, you know, even if you just did it as recreation, you know, mm-hmm. as a family oh, thing. Yeah. So, like I say, it wasn't about Fred Bear, but obviously he had to be Fred Bear, be the face of the company during that time, you know. Well, sure, sure. Well, and I think he promoted it in a way that didn't, pound his chest right you know right it was just that what had to be done to promote the industry you know oh yeah 100 percent. and i think we've gotten away from that a lot you know in the industry what do you think the main culprit of that is (laughs) you know what the main culprit we both hate it (laughs) it's social media 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah there's a I mean, I understand that's where the the whole marketing times have gone or have went to. I don't even yep. have a website anymore. What's the use? Nobody's going to look at it. Um, nope. uh, you know, so it's it's one of those things where 
<clears throat> unless you're not, or unless you're shopping or whatever, but now you can shop on Instagram or you can shop on Facebook. So it's like, right. It's a whole new learning curve. It's an animal in itself. Yeah. And um, it's, it's changed everything. Even, um, we were talking last weekend and it's hard to even sell books anymore or even magazines. Yeah. Because people aren't reading like they used to. And me, I love reading them. I want a book. You know, mm -hmm. I love to read books and I've always read books, you know, and I think that was a lot of the inspiration for me to go on these hunting adventures and stuff throughout the years. But <laughs> people just don't do that anymore. They don't take the time. And so if you publish a book, it may be a hard sell, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like you say, some people don't even have websites anymore. So, well, that's true. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's just <clears throat> slowly going away. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's slow. I think it's kind of been rapid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you stop and look back at it a little bit, or it seems that way anyway for me, because it's like, well, oh, wow, you, just yesterday. Right. Yeah. I say, look at yesterday. I guess the internet or cell phones are knocked out all over across the country or something. I didn't yeah. know. I don't really care. It doesn't bother me a bit. <laughs> I was actually praying for it. <laughs> right, right. Right. I never take my phone anywhere half the time. My wife saw he's yelling at me. You don't have your phone with you. I go, and <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know? Well, right, right. Yeah. It's I think we've gotten sideways on that to yep. a lot of degree. You know, it's sad to say. It really yeah, is, it is. You know, and well, I, and I mentioned to you the other day when we were messaging. I don't even have an iPhone or smartphone. I just got an old flip phone. It makes a phone yeah. call and I text. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why it takes you so long for you to reply. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> that's the same way. My dad's the same way. I'm like 45 minutes later. I'll I just call me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I say, what's wrong with making a phone call? Well, you got people don't like getting phone calls. They want to text. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah I guess that's the new thing. So whatever. I'm definitely calling you then. If it's making you mad, I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't make me mad. I think people are just too too fast paced in life, and that's yeah. Uh, um, I I don't know. I mean, it's uh, yeah. We we kind of look at things. We're going back to the home homeschooling uh, uh deal. Um, just more interaction with our kids and no, it's and, good. You know, and it's before long they're grown and like we have we have all the kind of resources to 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 have a good life, but people don't utilize them. Right. And uh uh it's the same thing with archery. I think archery is very therapeutic and I think we've gotten off course of not only with what the Fred Badge standard is, but just just life in in itself, you know. I mean uh, archery has been along for a long time, whether it's, whether it's been recreation or hunting, you know, so, um, it's, it's definitely, uh, a situation where I think folks, uh, just kind of, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but they just overlook it a lot. You know? Yeah. I like, it. I mean, like when me and my friends get together, we'll go say, shoot a 3d shoot. That's somewhere. We'll drive over to a 3d shoot. It's almost inevitable. We're all laughing and just having a good time. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of compound shooters in there. And sometimes these guys are like, hey, you guys, what's going on over there? Why are you laughing and goofing off so much or whatever? Or you're, they don't get it. And we're like having fun and nothing against compound guys. But 
they just get too serious. We're just shooting quick and just having fun and laughing, you know, and to us, it's just, we don't take it that serious. You know what I mean? Well, no, now, now that you brought that up is, is like, why do you think like, cause I, I mean, I shoot a stick. I, I have a compound. Uh, I don't really care if it's a, a form of me being able to get me or my kids or my friends out and, and right. learn something. I agree. hundred percent. I don't care. It's just, I right. love my stick bow. I like right. shooting you with stick bow. Right. You know? Um, and usually if they're up close and personal, I usually don't miss, you know, <laughs> but if yep. I'm with the compound, I'm probably going to miss sometimes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, and, and I agree with you because I've got a good friend of mine. He, um, he'll grab one of my recurves and he shoots it just fine, but he just can't get his head wrapped around that. And he still shoots a compound, but he shoots the compound instinctively, no sights. Mm-hmm. And he can't the bow just like a recurve. And I'm like, Dave, what are you doing? He's yeah. like, I can't get my head wrapped around, you know, he likes, I guess that reduction in weight when he's at full draw and it gets him focused better. And that's great. That's what he does. I don't care. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter to me. So I just, I just hate that because there's the, uh, the elitist, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, uh, they sit at the round table uh, on some of these traditional shoots and they, sometimes they'll stub your nose and, you know, at me, I'm like, well, you, you're not just totally 100% stick. And I'm like, well, no, but that's what oh. I'm shooting today. You right. know? <laughs> you no, know, I get, um, I understand that totally. Or I even get it because I gun hunt and, you know, I, I know it's been brought up in the past and we, and I joke around with guys about it and because it, it was brought up, Oh, you're not a real bow hunter. Cause you pick up a gun. Like, what? <laughs> well, I enjoy gun hunting. I enjoy hunting with a muzzleloader and, I just enjoy hunting in general. And if it's in season and it's legal and I'm yeah. not breaking the law, then so be it to each drone. If you don't want to pick up a gun, fine. If you don't ever want to pick up a bow and you only gun hunt, that that's fine too. I don't care. <clears throat> what is it with people with that? You know, um, I don't know. We have so many other antis out there. You're constantly, it's the only thing you hear is these nonprofit organizations constantly in a fight with uh, with politicians or with activists or stakeholders or, and then here we are as hunters constantly bitching to one another about what weapon of choice that you're able right. to shoot an animal with. Right. I agree. hundred percent. Obviously I don't agree with the crossbow being allowed in the, in the archery season, but that's my opinion. Sure. You know what I sure. mean? That's just my opinion on that because I don't feel that I don't care that if you use a crossbow in a crossbow season or whatever, don't, say a crossbow is the same as a bow because it's two different things. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's just my personal opinion, you know, but whatever you do and you're not breaking law, I really don't care, you know, because I hunt for meat. Well, right. And well, you're meat, exactly right. meat in the freezer for my family to live on. And that's what we do. We live on wild game. Yeah. So, and that's just how it is. So, well, yeah, it's a lot better for you anyway. Right, exactly. And you made a you made a very good point. <clears throat> so crossbow is definitely the different. And I agree with you on the crossbow and the and the bow season. Take for instance the muzzle loaders are almost just I mean, some of them can shoot as far as straight casing uh rifles, right? So Absolutely. I've shot deer at three hundred yards with my muzzle loader. Well yeah. Point so that, I mean so, I'm guilty of it too. 
I have a, a gun built out of night custom shop and I can, I've killed deer at 300 yards across these farm fields with Isn't that, that crazy? Gun, with a muzzle loader. So it's no different with, with that inline, it's no different, but I really enjoy the, the older traditional style muzzle loaders sure. as well. So yeah, that's to me, is that hunting? Well, I guess it's you're hunting, but it's really good shooting is what it is. You know, well, I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but point taken is, is that there's a muzzleloader season, which they should have a crossbow season. You know, that's, well, that's kind of what I was getting at, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and do I think inline muzzleloaders like this should be used in, well, Michigan doesn't even, we don't really have a technical muzzleloader season anymore because you can just run. It's a mess here right now. The art, the guns, there are the deer seasons, but anyway, um, I just think that like, if it's going to be a muzzle loader season, maybe it should only be with traditional style muzzle loaders. But again, that's my opinion. What sure, you do, sure. your, your business, I don't care. It's not affecting me. You know, I'm going to do well, what I'm right. going to do. So, well, well, you're exactly right. And I think a lot of people need to get back to those ways and not give a shit what somebody else thinks. You know what oh, I mean? Right. Mm. I don't care. Or if someone like, if I let a buck walk and it, and the neighbor kid shoots it or the neighbor guy shoots it. I'm not mad because I didn't, I personally didn't want to shoot it. Sure. I'm more than happy for them because they're happy. Right. You know, and that's just how I've always been. Or I've, I've said this to other people before in my friend's lap. I, if I may shoot a buck today that I passed up a week ago, just because the circumstances were different in the way it, the whole thing went down. Right. I don't, and I'm not a trophy hunter. I just, I look for the overall experience. You know, well, yeah, because that's just how I am, you know, right. <clears throat> and I think so, more people need to get back to that. Yeah. Instead of <clears throat> this guy over here. And I don't I mean, I don't care whichever, because there's always folks out there's got more money or more experience or more right. of this than somebody else. Right. But uh, as today, as the society is, I think is like, we can just get on, look at our handheld devices and look like, Oh man, so-and-so just killed a, uh, 490 or, a uh, a 490, uh, uh, stag in, you know, Australia. I'm just using my buddy <laughs> and, yeah. or they've shot a 385 bull, you know, down in Utah. And I'm like, Oh wow. I couldn't afford that, but right. That doesn't make me want to go out here and, and try to keep up with Paul or, and the Joneses and right. kill something and just to have a post, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. right. Nope. And I, I think agree there's a that. lot of that. Yeah. And I can't, I mean, you know, like to your point, I can't afford to go on these high end hunts and all that. All my hunts have always been DIY hunts, except for <laughs> uh, when I hunted doll sheep in Alaska. And right. that was obviously because I needed a guide, you know, by, by law. But other than that, it's always, you know, DIY and, you know, and that, you know, my doll sheep hunt in Alaska. I never want to say, wow, that's a ton of money. When I got like a super killer deal and I, and I spend more probably on a, our DIY moose hunt right now than I did on that doll sheep hunt. So that's the only reason I went. So I just, cause to your point, I just don't have that kind of money, you know, do all these. Right. So, well, and it goes back to, you know, uh, getting like we we talked a little bit about that before is like <clears throat> we have a bunch of points in a lot of states and there's a lot of folks that has a bunch of points in a lot yep. of states but if you look at the overall consensus there's hunters are down they say you know as far as right. sales and purchases 
Yep, that's so what why we is there so much point creep? You know, I don't understand. I don't understand it either. Because, well, I know we, you and I talked about this. This year it'll be thirty-five years I've been putting in for a main for a moose tag. So I, I have max points, but I can't seem to draw it. Um, I've drawn a moose tag in Vermont, New Hampshire, one time with three points. The other state was with like four, five points. Um, I drew a mountain goat tag in Utah with three points. Um, and, there were, and my buddies turned me on to putting in in Utah. When I drew the tag, it was my third try. Or, or I had three points, so the fourth try. Th- that was in 2012. My buddies that turned me on to that, they're still putting in to this day and haven't drawn in Utah. <laughs> So, you know, that's what, yeah. 12 years ago. Well, this year would be 12 years, but, um, and then I drew an antelope tag in Utah the one year on my very first try. And it said that, like, I think you had to have nine points and I drew the very first try. So I, I don't understand the system, how it works, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's strange. Half the time I'm like, I, I tell my wife all the time, it's like, I'm flagged. I don't know what I did, but I'm flagged. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's kind of how I feel in Maine because I got a friend of mine. He drew on his eighth try. You know, he had eight points. And at the time, I had 20-something points. And he drew a, a moose tag in Maine. You know, uh, last year, I drew that mountain lion tag with six points in Utah. And they said it takes the minimum of 19. Unreal. So, Unreal. yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of know why I drew that tag. It was a – they had changed the dates on the draw the lottery and so it was six months earlier than it had always been previously i think people just missed it oh, i yeah. see yeah so i well, think that got good lucky. for you right <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah I'm not take it i'll take it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right so yeah. but That's yeah i don't sure. know like i say i've got a ton of sheet points out west and stuff like that so hopefully in my lifetime that comes I don't know. Another friend of mine told me this weekend, he heard something about this point creep in some states that you're almost better off not having all those points. Well, I don't heard know that how too. It, yeah, I don't yeah. know how it works, actually. So It's a, it's a strange deal. I, I don't think uh, in, well, in, in my generation side of things, I don't think we'll ever be able to, and maybe not in your generation either, um, to be able to you know, from starting in from the time you're hunting, say 12 years old, um, to be able to complete a 29 by drawing the tag. I just don't think it's possible anymore. It's not. And, you know, there's some species like uh, we were just talking about this last weekend, too. You can't hunt let the Quebec Labrador caribou herd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm literally in Canada, I'll say 15 minutes from my door. All right, and wow. I could just drive up and hunt those caribou all the time in Quebec if I wanted to. And I'm like, no, I could just drive there and go hunt, hunt them. I'm not going to do – I'll just do it whenever. Mm-hmm. And I never did it. Now it's closed. Well, we, we did a little research last weekend, and you can actually still hunt caribou in Labrador. So it still would qualify for one of the animals in the 29 if that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to say them they're going into Manitoba too, which I, that was kind of didn't make sense to me. But anyway – but the hunts are like astronomical, you yeah. know, and it, it's just like these sheep hunts, you know, for like stone sheep or desert bighorn or even bighorn. All, all the sheep tags are, you know, or if you've got to go shoot a polar bear or a brown bear. Yeah. 
I mean, you just can't do it. You know, I mean, I can't do it. We'd have to sell our homes. <laughs> yeah, you would have to, you know, and even if you get deals, I mean, I had a deal back in the mid, mid, mid to late nineties to go on a polar bear hunt for 13 grand. It was a cancellation and I didn't do it. And you could oh, still wow. import them then at that time. Yeah. And, 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 and financially at that time, I could have done it. I had the money, but I just couldn't think of spending that much money. Now I'm kicking myself, you know? Oh, man. You're you know? like, those opportunities just don't happen anymore. Right? No, and it's never going to happen again, you no, know? No. So, no. I, I, why do you think that is? Do you think, like, uh, I know we're jumping all over the place, but it's these are just bouncing things over. And I like seeing the guys, the seasoned archers, tell me their thoughts because why is that you know what is what is i mean you hear about the caribou like you were just talking about in labrador and i've read about that too and um you know they say the lichen is they have more excuses than they have answers right right um so you know the decline or you know there's no tags or is it just poor management where where i just cannot wrap my head around these people making all these this money that goes into f these nonprofit organizations funding you know, research. Well, is it going to somebody's, uh, you know, wage <laughs> or are we actually making headway? Because I don't see that we're making headway because we don't have tags. We have decline on herds. We have more wolf releases, hard releases than more than ever. And oh, I just cannot wrap my head around what the hell is going on and why, you know, it's just, you know, it, yeah. it blows my mind. I don't understand it either because about a year ago, another friend of mine who's actually lives in lives in Northern Ontario. Um, that's, you know, it's just a bear black bear outfitter. They have a friend that lives in Quebec and they said the caribou are there. The numbers weren't, aren't what they were say back through the eighties and nineties, mm -hmm. but the caribou are still there. Um, there could be a limited regulated hunting, you know, so I don't understand what the deal is with that, but I do know like um, back through the, a lot of the nineties, I hunted the Mulchatna herd in Alaska mm -hmm. and it was insane how many caribou there were. I mean, oh, I've got wow. video that I've got hours of video that you no just sit here all day long, you know, re non-residents we could shoot too. Um, my buddies that were residents that I'd hunt with, I think they could shoot four or five. No kidding. So, and it was, it was nothing to shoot the caribou. And now there, there's none left, you know, and I don't, you know, they're blaming it on, uh, the predators, the wolves, the bears, the brown bears. And, and I will say this, when I started hunting, like in the early nineties, the mulch hat and herd, um, by the end of the nineties. We, we would rarely see a brown bear or grizzly bear on the mountainside. You see black bears. We would shoot a lot of black sure. bears, too. I've seen in like a five or six year span, you'd hardly see a black bear, but you'd see more and more brown bears. And we'd see more wolves. You know, so I'm, I'm sure that had has a definite impact on it. And I know that in the one section, I don't know if it's all, I think it was unit 19. Um, they made it so you could shoot two brown bears a season. Oh, wow. Yeah, for a while there. I don't know if it's still that way, but, but they were trying to knock the predators back down because they're having a devastating impact on the caribou herds, you know, and moose as well. And I think that's across the board. I mean, this stuff that Colorado just did with the wolves, come on, you, you already, I mean, I just read a report this morning, actually, now that came out that they're finally saying 
yeah, we made a mistake in Yellowstone by releasing those wolves. And I don't know if you read that report. Um, it was posted this morning, and they're finally saying. I didn't read it yet, no. Yeah, so they're they're saying, yeah, yeah, we made a big mistake. Okay, and well, we, we, we've all known that. The general public has known that. We're not stupid. Anybody and, that's been there has known that, right? Yeah. Right, and they talked about the elk herd numbers, um, how much they've been decimated, and this, this, this. And the reality was, if you read the whole report, the reason that they wanted the wolves introduced into Yellowstone, because the elk and the bison and mule deer were overgrazing a plant they were worried about becoming endangered, a native grass. That's why this was done. And it hasn't helped. Okay. So, and then obviously Idaho, look at what happened there. And then oh, Colorado yeah. was like, oh, no, it's not going to be like that. What is something different in Colorado? It's going to yeah. be worse in Colorado. Like Absolutely. we talked about, because oh, the terrain sure. is so much different, yeah. you know. It's so going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be. I mean, I just don't understand. If, if you ever, there's a book that, um, it's called The Wolf Man. I think the Alaska Wolf Man or whatever. This guy, he had his own wolves and he talks about the wolves. And this book is amazing to read. And, and it right. talks about, yeah, this guy raised wolves, had them as his sled dogs, and he could, do anything with his, these wolves and like if he go to town he just stay away from my dogs you know but if you read that book and there's a part in that book he talks about how like in deep snow there'd be herds of caribou and a pack of wolves go in there and he just wipe them out they kill all of them hmm. because they go blood crazy you know oh, yeah. so people say that oh that they, they only take the weak or the you know the <laughs> they don't they're opportunists a wolf lives 24 7 its entire life in a state of hunger Oh, yeah. yeah. A coyote does the same thing. A fox, any animal that's predatory like that, they live in a constant state of hunger looking for their next meal. So when opportunity presents itself, they're going to take advantage of it. And you make a good point because folks don't understand, you know, predators. Um, and I think a lot of them don't because they don't hunt them or they right. hunt coyotes. The guys that are really effective coyote callers in the Midwest and back east, um, they they'll tell you, I'm sure, you know. But uh, out west with the mountain lion, which I have the utmost respect for, but the wolves, um, I don't think folks really pay attention to, you know, how they hunt, how they kill, and like they folks in general just have never had to go. You make a point, state of hunger, they do because. It may be two weeks before they eat, you know, but when they do, they're going to, they're killing, you know, right. um, and it's just that opportunity, but there's so many of them now that there's, you know, they, they stay really close to the herds of elk, you know, our mule deer population, regardless of what fishing game says, I see it every day because I'm out there. Um, they're just not there. They're not right. like they used to be. You right. Know? Um, and they, they don't understand, you know, just what those savages do, you know? Um, right. And, and they're, they're like, and people are like, well, you know, we can manage it. And this, 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 I shot, or I shot like out here, well, I shot a coyote or whatever. And okay, well, that's good. But you're still not doing enough because they're a dog and they're yeah. having six, eight pups every single time. Okay. Yeah. So do the math, you know, you have to manage it. And they're like, I know between me and couple of my buddies and their sons within like a three mile area here in just over three years now we've killed 60 something coyotes in just this little area 
and you and yeah, they're they, still all over. We're not putting yeah. it in. You know, and now they're in Michigan just said the other day, well, because we can hunt them year round. Uh, we think we're gonna put a season back on the coyotes and limit when you can take them. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I know why they want to do it because not people aren't shooting enough deer, you know. So, but it's not gonna make a difference. Like, don't protect them. They're everywhere. When I grew up around, because I live a mile from where I grew up, you never saw a coyote around here. It's only been in the last like 20 years we've gotten all these coyotes down here in the thumb part of Michigan. And it's crazy how many there are. We got like when I work down by in the city towards outside of Detroit, I'm like two miles out of Detroit. There's railroad tracks cut through there. There's coyotes on there all the time in the city, you know. So they're opportunistic, you know, but and just like the wolves. But wolves, like I say, or especially wolves, they're in a constant state of starvation or hunger. Yeah. And people yeah. don't understand that. No, and it's uh, I've kind of made a commitment to myself because i'm just tired of going out not hearing elk not being able to see elk i can't call them they don't talk um and i'm like you know what we're not going to be able to you know band together and rely on fishing game or you know the fed whatever whatever you know to take care of this problem we got to take care of it ourselves you know so i'm like i gotta be a better wolf hunter i gotta figure this shit out you know and so i've I don't need to post all of it. You know what I mean? It's like whatever, because we can hunt them year round. Um, right. We can trap her on our own property year round, as long as it's on private property. Right. You can. So, um, and I'm not the most effective trapper, but I'm learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with those things, and they're very yeah. smart. You know, they're they're ridiculous as far as how smart they are. Yeah, they're even um, predator. I mean, they are super smart. You know. Oh, they're ridiculous. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but having said that, it's like, it's up to the guys, the hunters. If you're an elk hunter, you need to be a, a wolf hunter. Um, yeah. It needs to happen. Like, everybody enjoys a good elk hunt. You enjoy calling them in. You enjoy killing. You enjoy eating them. Everybody does. We get it. But, like, you need to be a better uh, wolf hunter. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, or take advantage of, you know, I I don't know how many times I've heard Oh, I had a couple of nice coyotes come by me this morning when I was out deer hunting. This would be like in the gun deer season. I go, you didn't kill them? Well, I didn't want it to wreck my deer hunt. I go, listen, it's wrecking <laughs> your deer hunt because you didn't kill them. I've yeah. shot, I've got pictures like I've shot coyotes and 15 minutes later shot a deer or 10 minutes later shot a deer. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Is you're not wrecking your hunt. You're wrecking your hunt by not shooting them. You know? Oh, 100%. It did, 100%. I, hey, coyotes, wolves. They're beautiful animals, all right? And I respect them, but they need to be managed. Some people don't get that. You know, they think, well, oh, yeah, that much, or the coyotes don't this. I was out yesterday in the woods almost the entire day, and you wouldn't believe how many piles of scat I found from coyotes. They're just filled with deer, deer hair. So mm-hmm. we have no snow this winter. They're killing them on yeah. bare ground. They're not finding dead deer or weak deer because the deer are thriving. They're killing them. You know, yeah. it's that simple. And more people need to be aware of it. But do, do you think like the the antis, they have more money than hunters, obviously, right? Because they're right. the ones winning. They're the ones winning, Jim. You know, I mentioned this to you and I mentioned this to a buddy of mine. I said, when they introduced the wolves to Colorado, I go, well, and we all know what's going on with the political side of Colorado right now. But anyhow, I said the antis just won that battle. Yeah. And they go, how's that? And I go, well, 
those wolves are going to just go absolutely crazy. They're going to multiply and they're going to wipe that state slick just like they did in Yellowstone and in Idaho. And that's what the antis want. They don't want opportunities for hunters to hunt. So it's a way to backdoor it in so the hunters suffer because the tags will be reduced dramatically. Oh, sure. Because the animals just won't be there to hunt. So it's a win. That's why they were, they supported it so much. They were just rejoicing that the wolves are getting released in Colorado, which is absolutely ridiculous because they already had proof from the biologists that wolves already existed in Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. So why do you oh, add yeah. more to it? You know, I, I've seen, I've seen dog tracks in San Juan, you know what right. I mean? So they're there, you know, right. um, but they just have a big range, you know? Right. Um, oh, Absolutely. They have a huge range. And like you said, it's a state of hunger. What are they doing? They're searching for food constantly. They're searching for something to kill because that's right. what's programmed up here, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just how it is. You know, people don't get it. Uh, you know, but but to say that, it was like, I know that some of those releases, those hard releases there uh, that just happened in Colorado, really close to Wyoming. So yeah. <laughs> maybe they'll just push them over to the Wyoming folks and they'll take care of them. Yeah, right. Let's hope. I don't believe Wyoming's going to put up with that. <laughs> no, no, no. They won't. Well, the folks there definitely won't. Uh, you know, that's that whole area there is, you know, there's a lot of a lot of cattle ranchers over there. Yep. So, um, you know, they're not going to put up with that. And nor should they. They shouldn't have to. You know, the, no. the cattle commission shouldn't have to deal with that. No. At all. No. They already, you know, I mean, if you look into that anywhere that there's cattle ranching going on, and you know, because you probably have cattle, but when them calves are dropping, those coyotes alone will get after them calves. Yeah. So then you now you add a wolf into it. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Those are all you know, things free range, right? If you're free range and everything out there, when they're calving, you've got a problem. You got a problem. And normally, like from March to April, uh, there's a lot of calving season going on it's going on now starting, but, um, that's when I usually start seeing these guys come down into the Valley, you know? Um, and it's, they know, I mean, yeah, they know. kind of like when the salmon are run, all the Eagles start coming up to Clearwater. I mean, yep. Yep. <laughs> listen, you, it's, uh, it, they're programmed, they're right. programmed to do it, you know? And right. I just don't understand why folks don't see it. Well, I think they know it's just, they have an agenda. Right. You know? Of course, there's always that. You they didn't just arbitrarily release wolves into Colorado because they thought it was a good idea. There's an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. Just because you and I and uh, 15 million other hunters out there enjoy the sport, and they right. don't want us to do it. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, I think that's the reason. I'm all well, that, my thoughts. You know, it's. It's a way to reduce opportunity because there won't be the opportunity. There won't be as many animals to hunt, you know. Well, yeah. If you don't, uh, if you don't have anything to hunt, well, why do you need that hunting rifle? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. If you just, you just think a little bit, and you'll start figuring it out. I think, you know, yeah. anybody, right? You know, right. as far as that's concerned. But, but yeah, it's a. <laughs> It's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy world that the hunting industry is in, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, and my, my thing is, is like, if anybody's listening, is like, yeah, 
there needs to be more unity within the hunting group. Absolutely. And, and people be a little more classy about, about a classy, I guess maybe that's not the right word, but like nobody cares what the Joneses are doing. Just do your own thing. You know what I mean? I agree. I don't care if, like you say, if, if someone shoots a giant buck every year, I don't care. Yeah. I'm happy for you. And I don't care if you shoot a spike every year, I'm happy for you. Right. You're not right. breaking yeah. the law. I don't care. Shoot what makes you happy. And that's what I've always said. You know, it, that's just me personally. Like I say, everyone, you know, I've heard some of my friends, man, you've killed so many white-tailed deer in your life. Don't you just want to wait and only shoot giant bucks? I want to shoot <laughs> a giant buck every time. Yeah. But right. I like eating them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, here, here's, here's my thing is, is uh, the wife usually says, why don't you just start shooting does? They don't stink. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that too, because we didn't shoot, we didn't shoot any does this year. And, um, yeah. and I'm guilty of it. And I need to, I mean, I, yesterday I was telling my wife last night when I came in, I said, I couldn't even count how many deer I seen yesterday. It's just ridiculous. You know? No kidding. <clears throat> oh yeah. There's just a ton of them. You know, the last day of the season, um, this year, I was just out trying to fill a doe tag, and that was January 1st. And in just one hay field by me, I had 28 deer come out in that field. Eight of them were bucks. And, of course, the eight bucks are all in range with my bow, you know? <laughs> no kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, but just, <laughs> that's just one 20, say that field is 20 acres. <clears throat> they, they came yeah. into, you know, I couldn't see the other fields on the farm, but, you know, that's just one field. So, oh. we, I mean, the herds definitely, I mean, when I grew up, if I went out back behind the farm in the woods or that was goofing off and do whatever, and I jumped up a deer and I'd go up and tell my daddy kind of, really, you know, or, or people would be talking about really, because there was hardly any deer, mm -hmm. you know, this is like in the mid seventies, late seventies, you know, but then like, as it got into the eighties, we started seeing more and more deer. And it got to the point then all of a sudden we could shoot two bucks here in Michigan. Mm. You could shoot a buck with a gun and you could shoot a buck with your bow because if you shot like in bow season, let's just say when I grew up, when I first had my license, hunting license, if I shot a buck with my bow, I couldn't gun hunt unless I drew a doe tag. You know, then they went to the two bucks. You could shoot two bucks. Then you could draw the doe tag in the, for the gun season, you know, so which was great. Then they went to four bucks and we could shoot two with the bow or two with a the gun. Then you could get a doe tag and everybody. So that was like, I want to say they only did that for two, three or four years. Then they went back to just two bucks and it's been like that all along, but we could shoot until like five years ago, we could shoot a doe a day if you wanted to buy a tag. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So oh, for wow. 90 days, you could shoot 90. No one's going to do that, obviously. But now they went back to. Well, this, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. But they went back to this. We're allowed ten does and two bucks. But they upped wow. the doe tags to like thirty dollars a pop. They want to know why people aren't killing does. <laughs> they went from ten dollars to thirty dollars. Well, yeah. if you're not processing the meat yourself and you start taking it in and it's start doing the math on everything, it's not that cheap. No, no. You know, not so, for fifty pounds of meat, right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, that yeah, 50 pounds, right? I hear that all the time. I got 80 pounds of meat off that deer. No, you didn't. 
I love do no, They didn't do much process and have they? <laughs> no, I love hearing that because I don't care. You get 35 to 40 pounds of meat off yeah. a big deer, you know, oh, yeah. bone out, yeah. you know, so, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, uh, you, you hear it a lot, too, like the same way with, especially bear, you know, I mean, it's like, that bear's 400 pounds. No, it's not. <laughs> right. Yeah, bear. That's a 150-pound bear. bear. <laughs> yeah, bears are deceiving. I know the first bear I ever shot, well, mm. The first bear I ever shot was in Ontario, and it was legitimately, on, well, on the outfitter scale, if it was on, it was on, I don't know. But it, I, I, where I shot it, it was close enough to the trail that we could get a, um, get it to the trail on a four-wheeler, into the truck, yeah. back to his house to skin it and process it. And it was it was 301 pounds. So that was the oh, first wow. bear I shot. The first bear I shot here in Michigan, um, when it came in, I thought it was probably pushing 200 pounds and then same deal after it was gutted and everything. And we waited, it was 145 pounds. So it was probably like a 175 pound bear, but that's the yeah. average bear. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I was more than happy with it, you know? Oh, heck yeah. But heck yeah. you know, everyone, bears are hard to judge, you know, especially you, haven't done it. Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been fortunate to, you know, take several bears, you know, since then. And I, now I'm getting a little bit better at judging them. You know, after you oh, shoot yeah. Them. So absolutely. They're they're one of the hardest animals to judge. They really yep. are. Yep. Um it's it's a tough deal for them, there's no doubt, you know. Yeah, but I love hunting. <laughs> yeah. You know, most of the time, like I took my son uh bear hunting with me this this past year, and um he was like, Dad, these are the most they're he just called them clowns. He's like, These things are goofy, and I'm like, they're comical, yes. I'm yeah. like this is why I enjoy hunting them is like, they're just, they have a, each one of them's got a personality. And most yep. of the time they're just, I always like to say is like, if they come into the bait, cause I wanted him to get the experience. So we hunted over bait. Um, and, uh, I said, you know, he knows we're here. I said, but he's willing to take a bullet or an arrow to get that chocolate. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the only animal that I said, well, no, you're there, but is willing to take a bullet yep. just to get a little bit of free meal, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I've, I've um, been fortunate because my parents had sold the farm and lived in the upper Peninsula, and they, my mom still lives up there in the upper peninsula here in Michigan. So it's very good ha habitat for bears. Uh, yeah. And I would always put in for the late season. So there was, there was a time there I drew a bear tag four years in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. With zero points because it just it was the late season. It started the end of September and everybody else wanted the beginning and it would take me into bow season, you know, into the October yeah. season. Um, and I always filled my tags up there. And then uh, there, was, there was one year we were out in the springtime riding around my mom and dad and I. And uh, we were checking out this old logging camp way back off the road system. We were just in. Uh, we were watching these deer and this huge bear came out and I immediately went after it just to see how close I could get. And I got within like 15 yards of this thing is just eat grass. You know how they are in the spring. Yeah. And finally the deer actually just are the ones that got nervous. Cause I was so close and they started snorting and the bear looked at me. We locked eyes and he spun out of there and that. And then I told my dad after that, I said, I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to hunt over bait for a while. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I've got to do the spot and stalk thing. 
I yeah. said, you know, I've done it in Alaska. I've got close to him, but I said, I'm not shooting any more bears with my bow unless I'm on top of them spot and stock. You know, I just want to do that for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started to end up going to Prince of Wales and doing that, you know, and actually I just drew another Prince of Wales tag for next spring. So oh, no kidding. Man. Yeah. I found out last a week ago today, they had the lot of the drawing results. So I drew a oh, spring yeah. 25 tag. So it's just fun. I mean, I haven't hunted the spring there. I've only hunted the fall. Yeah, but when they're on them salmon streams, they're on the salmon, and you can sneak in on them. Man, it's a, it's man, a just, rush. Oh, I bet, man. Heck yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. You get right on top of them too. I mean, right on top of them. <laughs> well, yeah. Then just like the old chest is going like this, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's uh, that's what it's yeah. all about, right there. And I don't think I don't think people understand that. They just don't get it, you know. No, you know, as a hunter, as a hunter, you know. So yeah, doing any of that. I mean, if you're not getting excited, I mean, I get. Honestly, I get just as excited shooting a doe as you know with my bow, or then I wouldn't buck. I mean, it's just like I say, it's, it's just how it comes about and the whole situation, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. And I think I think we've lost touch with that, you know. Oh yeah. Um, as a hunter, you know, I, I just I don't know. I, there's a lot of reasons I think, and a lot of it is this fast-paced life, social media. Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, all, all the above, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, you know, just growing up in the industry, uh, archery industry or whatever, you know, um, and seeing other folks that made tons of money in a different sport or, or other, you know, other avenues, real estate, whatever it be. It seems like the first, that's the first thing they want to do is flock over to the hunting industry. Like there's a ton of money here. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I just don't get it. And I'm like, I wish you people would like do more positive impact. And this is where we're circling back around the close up is, is, you know, F- Fred advocated and devoted his whole life of promoting the sport and not promoting himself. Right. And, you know, um, I, I try, I try to do that with the S3DA program with the kids. We do a ton with them uh, and with my kids and whoever wants to learn. It's like somebody comes up to the house and into the shop, I'm dropping what I'm doing and we're getting kids set, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, I think we've lost touch with just a good, honest sport that it's, it's, it's therapy for the whole family, really. I mean, you don't have to hunt, you know, right. but with the S3DA too, you know, it's, it's archery, indoor, and conservation. We're learning and bow hunters ed, you know. So being able to teach them all those those four principles or disciplines there, um, man, it's a it, it's a good thing. It's a good well, feeling too. It, and it really is, you know. I I was just I'm the past president of Michigan Traditional Bow Hunters, hmm. and uh, anyway. We started a program while I was president. It's called the Lost Bow Campaign. And what we do is we get bows into kids' hands. And actually, we'll even do an adult. But mostly we just focus on kids that, like, just to say you see that you're out shooting your bow and the neighbor kid comes by or whatever, and it shows an interest in archery. Um, so you would nominate that kid through our program, and we'll get a recurve in their hand or a longbow and arrows and everything. And... Um, we get them involved in archery, you know? Um, and so the program has really taken off 
And we're just, we're doing it. Actually, in the last 10 days, 12 days, I've given two bows to kids. Oh, no yeah. kidding. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it's great. And the, and, uh, the one guy, it was, it was just kind of funny. He actually lives in a town near me. So I I, I took the longbow over to his son, who's uh, going to be eight years old. And, I mean, just a great kid. You know, you can tell he's being raised right. His parents are, you know, good people. And yeah. Um, and him and I, we sat there and had a conversation on the tailgate of his truck while his son's that I just gave the boat to is shooting it. And he's just so happy. But I said, I just told him, I said, you know, this reminds me of when I grew up and what we would do yeah. as a family, you know, yeah. with my dad, with my dad and I would do that. You doing this with your son and getting the whole family involved is what doesn't take place anymore. I said, it's just real basic, you know, and, and we were just talking about life in general. And I said, you know, people are making it too complicated. It's real simple. Just surround yourself with good people, do the right thing. And, and that's it. It's not that yeah. difficult. You know, put your family first. I mean, that that's what's most important. You know, and, and, if, you, and if it's if it's not necessarily hunting, maybe like you said, it's it's camping or going fishing, but get them away from the internet and all that and do stuff that's family oriented. You know, and like I say, you just surround yourself with good people, do the right thing. Well, and uh, there's a lot to be said about that. And I think I've gotten off course of that <clears throat> society in general. Um, that's why we've resorted back to after this this year, it's back to homeschooling. We just don't like how things are, you know. It's no, like, I understand 100 percent. It's up to us to change it. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to change it because it's never going to happen. So, right. It's it's you do that and then. Hey, so if my, my, my circle of people gets smaller every year, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's that circle gets stronger every year too. So, well, um, I don't have time for negative people in my life. I want no. positive thinking people that have the same, and, and they, it doesn't mean they're necessarily hunters. Right. You used to be a good person. And if you're Absolutely. not going to be a good person and don't have good family values and about, and good outlook on stuff, I don't need you around me. No. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I'd rather, you know what I mean? And that's just how I have always lived my life. And, well, you know, wife always it up. she's like, man, all the people, the guys, the people you hang around with are just, you know, they're straight up good people. I said, yeah. And that's yeah, just, I don't want that. Yeah. I want good people around me. Yeah. I don't need negativity in my life. There's mm -hmm. enough other crap going on in the world. I don't need that. <laughs> people, you know? it, isn't that the truth? Yeah. It's, it it's simple. And then if you live your life like that, you're having fun every day. You know, yeah. you're, you're well, 100%. Yeah, just don't overthink stuff and just have fun, enjoy life, you know. And that's what I've always done. So. Yeah, well, and that's what you and I just want to be left alone, right? So it's like one of yeah. those, let me do my thing. Let's uh, let's try to have a good outlook on on the things that we enjoy and promote right. that, whether it's a sport or family values or whatever, and um, and go with it. And right. I, I'm the same way. We're the same way, you know. And back to your point, support other people that are hunting around you. You know, maybe they don't hunt the way you do. Right. They're not breaking laws, so what? Be there for them. Well, you know, exactly. They're out. Exactly. So that's, I don't know. It's, it's pretty simple. It's, well, it is, you know, and I and I, uh, I think it just needs to get back to that. And hopefully, you know, people will start getting that type of uh, mentality again rather than, you know, you look around, you see the ones that call themselves trophy hunters. They're usually, they usually get themselves into something that they can't get out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they got a, or they got a lot of money that they get themselves out of. 
you know what I mean? So well, yeah, it um, goes both ways. But yeah, they're the yeah. so-called experts on social media. I know a couple years ago, I seen a, someone was talking about black bear hunting and giving all this advice. And then I what you know, I just was watching the feed off of it, and someone said, "How are you giving advice? You've only." killed two black bears in your life and you're acting like you're an expert and this 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 you know and someone just threw it called them right out on it and then it started back and forth i go here we go you know but this is what yeah. people think this person is an expert and everyone wants to be but are you really an expert or you just it's self-promoting but in the wrong way well it is uh and i you see a lot of that on youtube youtube's a great way to go get your feet wet um yeah. But it's also you can learn a lot of bad things uh, on there, too. A lot of bad habits, a lot of bad techniques and, you know, just just things in general, you know, bad bow technicians, you know, and and things like that. Uh, So it's um, and I think a lot I I just I think everything I just pointed right. I point the finger at social media a lot, you know. Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. And I'm not saying it never existed back then, but it wasn't in your face like it is now. Exactly. You know, because yeah. everybody walks around with these things and, yep. you know, and I, I, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks like my dad's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, but it's a, it, it's a tough, it's a tough life now, um, yeah. I think, you know, because of that. Um, and, and only, I think only because of that. Uh, um uh, well, there's other things, obviously, too, but a simpler life, I think, is is what folks have gotten away from. Well, the other thing about social media is I think that someone may be new getting into the out hunting or whatever, mm-hmm. and they and because it's always in your face, I think that they need to live up to the expectations of some of these people that they're seeing online, and you get discouraged, maybe, and you're like, I don't even want to do that, or or people are negative towards them because they maybe shot a smaller buck or don't be negative, be positive. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just do what's right for you and makes you happy. And if it's shooting a spike or a doe every year, then so be it. Don't worry about what the next guy's doing. Or if you want to set goals for yourself, so be it, but don't worry about what the next person's doing. Worry about you. Well, exactly. Um, there's, there's a lot of factors into play in that you know, um, shooting a spike or shooting a mature animal. A lot of folks don't have cream of the crop property of maybe that spike was the only animal on that property. Right. You know, um, right. There's not 180 inch whitetail behind every tree. No, <laughs> Sorry. It's not right. there. And you know, um, like I always say that living east of the Mississippi, we're geographically challenged on what species of animals we can hunt. Yep. Okay. Because we just have turkeys, White-tailed deer and black bears, okay? Yeah. That basically, unless we hunt predators. Going out west where you guys are, it just opens up a whole nother thing. But on the other hand, depending on where you live, because um, I was talking to a friend of mine that lives in Idaho, and he's like, man, he goes, I'm lucky to put tension on the string maybe two or three times the entire season. And you can you can do it multiple times probably a week. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a trade-off there. You know, 100%, 100%, you know, that could be, uh, you know, terrain here is a a determining factor a lot, you know, 
Um, mm-hmm. it just puts a hunt in and, yeah. uh, and you get a lot of experience that way. You right. Know, uh, as far as, well, we know they're there. Cause I just can't, can't get down to them, you know, yep. Uh, yep. or a lot of times I've been down in a deep, dark drainage and I didn't shoot a bull. I did not shoot it because I knew that I was not going to be able to get it at physically able to get it out of there. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, was it a bad hunt? Nope. Not at yep. all. And I wouldn't yep. trade that experience in my book. He's on the wall. Cause I could have killed him. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. But uh, no, I understand that hundred percent. You know, I let a buck go by all season and I wanted my wife or daughter to get it. And he's a really nice wide eight pointer. And I shot, a, a smaller one with my bow, you know, if I let that one go, hoping that they may, maybe would get it. And he made it through the whole season. Um, but so many times I had him at 10 yards in my tree stand, you know? And so he, he's, yeah, I could have killed him and he's a nice buck, but I'm glad that he made it. So that hopefully this year he'll be around and one of them, you know, one of us will have an opportunity. You well, know, you may not pass him up this time. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> you know, and I passed him up the day before I shot a bucket my bow this year. And the next day I shot this big six point. But this deer come out feeding on acorns and he was just, his body was massive. And oh, he was yeah. only a six point, you know, and the small rack too. And I'm like, well, that's going to fill the freezer. And that's the first thing that went in my mind. And it was the middle of the day. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, middle uh-huh. of the day, like at one o'clock. I just, you know, was off work that day and I, what came up to the house for like a half an hour, went right back out and climbed in the same stand and wasn't in there 10 minutes and here came a deer, you know, and it just eating on acorns in the middle of the day. And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to fill the freezer. So. Yeah. You can't beat that. I kind of miss some of that Midwestern tree stand hunting, you know, uh, uh, with whitetail and things. Um, We used to hunt Illinois a good bit um, when, when it was a draw tag and, and then, yeah. you know, the average person just can't afford to lease land there anymore. You know, no. it's just ridiculous. That's yeah, so, everywhere. Even in Ohio. Yeah. I mean, I was on my buddy owns a couple of farms down there and I was on one of his farms for several years. Um, two other guys leased the farm through the whole entire archery season. They're from North Carolina. And he only want, would let me go down there during the gun season, which was mm-hmm. fine. Kind of keep people off of it and everything it was 840 acres oh no kidding but i had the whole place to myself which was great but uh finally the they went to him this is going on five years ago now and they almost tripled what they were paying him to lock it up for the entire season because they didn't want me hunting anymore because i was killing all the big bucks and the, with my muzzle loader they're upset about it you know and they're like well he's every year he kills a big buck with his muzzle loader which was fine for me but my point is he he felt bad, and I told him, I said, Jeff, with their offering to pay you on the lease, you'd be a fool not to take it. Don't worry about me. You, we're still friends. You have to take – I understand. You know, and he felt bad, but I go, don't feel bad about it. They're going to pay you money like that for a lease. For the money that people are paying for a lease in Ohio, including some of my good friends right now, I could go to Alberta or Saskatchewan on a fully guided whitetail hunt. 100%. Yeah. I'm not, Kill 300-pounder. So, <laughs> and that's it. I want to kill a big bodied whitetail. I know that sounds crazy. I like killing big bodied deer. Sure. You know, it's just what I like doing. But if the rack's huge to go along with that, then so be it. But I'm not going to go down in Ohio and spend that kind of money because I've got whitetail deer right here in my yard. But that's just me personally. You know, well, sure. 
Well, I would take that as a compliment, Jim. I would take that as like, man, those guys think I'm an absolute killer and I'm taking all their bucks. So they're trying to get me out of there because I'm a right. better hunter than they are. So uh, I think <laughs> I think I just get lucky. <laughs> I didn't look at this take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I take that as a compliment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't oh, look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh well Jim, we've been we've been on the uh the air here for about an hour. And um I, I do have a couple questions I like to wrap things up with. And and one is what's your favorite stick bow uh from the bear archery lineup? What 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 is your preference, I should say? All right. If I didn't do a lot of out-of-state hunting and traveling i would probably just shoot a super grizzly or a grizzly mm -hmm. an older one though from grayling i mean yeah. nothing wrong with the new ones i like the new ones too they're great too but i that's my preference my preference to hunt with would be a one-piece bow but because of traveling it just doesn't work or or my original 59 kodiak but my go-to bow is a takedown a handle mm -hmm. that's my go-to bow that i do and I, and I guess I've hunted with a takedown, you know, a bear takedown. Yeah, I'm getting old. Probably 35 <laughs> years now. Yeah. For 35 years, you know, I hunted with a B handle forever, mm -hmm. but my go-to bow has been A. And now with that reintroduction of the 50th anniversary mm -hmm. A handle, yeah. um, that bow is just it. You, you like know, that. I yeah. love that bow. And that's, you know, with the uh, number three limbs, so it's a 60-inch bow. Mm -hmm. and i'm shooting either 55 or 60 pound limbs you know i drop down a little bit in weight as i'm getting older plus you realize you don't need all that but yeah that's that's my go-to yeah, what do you think about that <clears throat> um you when you say you don't need all that it's like these guys need to shoot 80 pounds and a 700 grain arrow to kill something <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm an advocate for shooting heavy arrows okay sure if you you know i like shooting a heavier arrow um but, you know, in 2020, I shot a caribou in Alaska, and I, I, I was shooting 55-pound limbs, and I was just, man, I can't believe I'm only shooting 55 pounds. You know, mm -hmm. up here in Moosun, but I shot this caribou at about 15, 18 yards, and the arrow just blew through it like nothing. Like mm -hmm. nothing. I mean, literally just, you know, we found the arrow on the, quite a ways on the other side of where I shot the caribou. So that was a firm, you know, I'm like, and then I started thinking, well, yeah, you used to hunt with like 35, 40 pounds when you were a kid. And yeah. You were white tails with it, you know, and, but, you know, so, I mean, if you just hunt white tails in that, I don't know. People do it all. I mean, people kill moose with 50 pound recurves, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's shot placement, you know? <clears throat> Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's yeah. real simple. But do I think yeah. you need that higher weight? No. Some people like shooting. I got a good friend of mine. He's in his 70s and, Two years ago, he ordered a brand new longbow. He's always shot a longbow, and he goes, "I'm getting old." I he goes, "I dropped down." He goes, "I ordered a brand new bow. It, it came out at 62 pounds. I'm going to have it, and it's great, you know, because he's in his 70s." Mm -hmm. And he got it, and I said, "Ed, what do you think?" He's like, "I yeah, I can't shoot it." I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I can't hit nothing with it." Because I went back to shooting 75, 78 pounds, and I'm deadly accurate. No kidding. Yeah, he shoots high pounds, and he's still doing, and he's in his 70s. He goes. I just can't shoot a lower poundage bow. And it's and he's, he's used probably, to it, right? Yeah, and he's really honestly, he's probably one of the best traditional shots I've ever seen. He's no methodical. Kidding. I mean, he's got a system and he's deadly. He's a killer. Yeah. He's a killer. It, it's uh 
it's one of those things where you get used to it, you know, yeah. uh, you get used to that certain pounds, anything, you, the, the whole shot system, you know, of yeah. what you do. And if you're not used to that, maybe he's releasing too soon or whatever. There's a lot of factors. In yeah. That. He's methodical. I like I said, I mean, he draws so slow and he comes to anchor and he's just like, I can't do that. You know, right. the way he draws it, but that's it, how he's always shot, you know, and, mm-hmm. I've always shot 60, 65 pounds. So dropped down to 55. I was a little worried. And it's like, no problem. I've shot, it, yeah. Since then I've shot a couple bear or uh, what? Let's see. I shot a, one of the bears in Alaska with that and tons of deer, no issues, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of like the old mag riser. Um, I don't shoot it as good as I do the SK. Uh, I, the SK is my favorite. I, I like yep. it in the Kodiak. Um, yep. That's I mean, 59 all of them. Nice. Yeah. I like, yeah, them all. they're all nice. Yeah. But my go-to, my number one bow is an a handle takedown, you know? Yeah. So have you shot the new, the new riser, the, the Fred Eichler's uh, new riser? Have you shot that yet? No, I've, I checked it out, you know, and, you know, Neil and them, they, when it first came out, they had it at the Kalamazoo trade, trad bow expo there. And when it first came out, but um, I haven't personally shot it. No. Yeah. I haven't either. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got, you know, the, the Fred Bear Camel Mag Risers and I, and I've used that turkey hunt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When I'm, when I'm turkey hunting, I'm just always grabbing different bows and I'm always grabbing different bows that I'm hunting around here. Right. Know? Right. But, oh yeah. But when it comes down to like, I'm traveling and I'm just focused on using that takedown a handle. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. once, once you get used to something, you're comfortable with it. It's like, that's where your confidence is. Yeah, right? like twenty so, some years, I hunted with a B handle. You know, no an kidding. old green stripe B handle. Like, yeah, for twenty something years, that's all I used. You know, yeah. and and in that time, there'd be times I'd grab one of my grizzlies and hunt too. But I just used that B handle takedown, you know, exclusively. You know, it was one oh, of the wow. first out of Gainesville. So when they moved out of here, so um, and the reason I went to that is because somebody had stolen my Black Bear Magnum out of my truck, and broke the back no window. Kidding. It, yeah, I used to just keep it up in the dash because in hunting season, and I was at work when I worked at a different place, and they broke the back window out and stole my bow. So, um, I had a grizzly, Detroit. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I had, I had a grizzly I was shooting, and uh, I was at it, I was at shooting with a bunch of friends. And the guy one week was shooting with us, and he bought the brand new green stripe, you know, and just came out of Gainesville, it was a new thing. And I was like, man, I'll never be able to afford one of them, you know, and so yeah. I was thinking. And the next week we were shooting at the, with the same group of, and this guy came over and he's like, got a minute. And I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't be interested in buying this bow off me. Which I go, well, you just got it. He goes, yeah, my wife found out how much I paid for it. She's not too happy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? So he gave me a killer deal on it. And, uh, and I ended up buying it. I didn't have the, really the money at the time, but that was my go-to bow for over yeah. 20 years, you know? So oh, I got wow. that, but yeah. So anyway, it's it's always nice. I kind of like always look around and and see if you can find some old bows and things like yeah. that, you know. But <clears throat> I've always been afraid of of buying a bow that somebody else has had unless I see it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you don't see too many, uh, you know, bear out here old, you know, fifties or 60, 70 models. You know, you don't yep. see them out here that much. Um, and you see them online. I'm like, man, I really like to have that. It looks, you know. It's really nice looking on the, you know, just different glass, you know. Yeah. Uh, some of the old vintage stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no, my luck, I'll, it'll get here. And it's like just 
blowed apart or something, right. you know? <laughs> right. But yeah, it's a, it, it's nice seeing those old things. And I, like I say, I have that old one that's been around in the family. So, yeah. Um, and it's 38 pounds and I'm, yeah, I killed when you was talking about pounds. I mean, if I remember correctly, I mean, it, it killed that doe better in door now, you know what I mean? Right. So it's pretty, yeah. So, right. Like, yeah. Well, it's a, uh, um, that that was one of my questions. Yeah, I just wanted to know what was your favorite bow. Uh, just kind of like me, what whatever feels good, whatever feels. Then yeah, everything else just sits on the wall, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of them all sit here, but you know, and, and I that, I do like Super Kodiaks too. Like I say, I like them all, but because I'm always been you know fortunate and traveling a lot lately and doing all that last shoot. summer years, I just shoot the takedown. You know, I shoot it really well, so. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. And what, yeah. and what's one of the things that you would, uh, y- you would tell or inspire like new archers, uh, that didn't get, you know, some of the experience you did growing up, like wh- wh- what's a message that you would say to them? Um, I always tell everyone, don't, don't overthink it and enjoy yourself. All right. And don't, if you start, if you start overthinking it, you're going to start not liking it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I've, I have a couple of friends of mine that just got like way overthought shooting their longbows and they don't even bow hunt anymore. Yeah. And they went to elevated rest. They went to this, this. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're getting too technical. So I say, just go out and enjoy it. And then the other thing is don't rely on technology so much. Learn, learn to be woodsmanship, you know, learn about the yeah. woods, learn about the, the animals habit in their in the habitat that they you know they live in and and study that stuff you know and maybe look for a mentor someone that's older that's done it you know and mm-hmm. you know most people and for the most part are, are willing to share their you know their experiences and stuff like that so that's what i always tell you you know don't overthink it just go have fun yeah and there's a lot of folks that i think that can they can do it like with teaching archery and stuff with the kids and things is like was because I start them all out on traditional, you know, it's right. all a bare bow, you know, it, they, they got a piece of wood in their hand. Right. Um, even my kids is like, you're going to learn this before you can graduate, yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, just keep it simple. Um, and yeah. I think folks completely get away from that um, yeah. because of the technology that's out there. Um, yeah. And, and it really, uh, I think it takes away from the mind that can't concentrate because there's really nothing hard about it. Well, know? I mean, if you look back before this, all this social media stuff back, like when I was growing up, even when you were growing up and you were doing it, you didn't know what everybody else was doing and you didn't care. No, you were just happy to be out there hunting. And if you got an animal, so be it. Or you'd hear from your friends or your, your parent, your dad's friends that hunted or whatever. And if they, if they got an animal or you, you know, you'd hear that and then it was like, great. Now, if you're getting involved and you start looking at social media and you're like, man, this person's killing, 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 doing this, this, this. Why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know their, their situation. Right. You know what I mean, so and sometimes you better, you shouldn't. <laughs> you, you should, right. Because it may not be that good, you know, it may not be all that it's cracked up to be or what it appears exactly. to be. So just right. go out. So anyway, just go out and have fun. Enjoy it. Try to you know, maybe get a mentor and just learn woodsmanship skills and just have fun, you know, yeah. don't overthink it and just, 
and again, gets back to surrounding yourself with good people, you know. It goes right back to that. Yeah. It, I mean, we're going right back to that is surround yourself with good people and, you know, shooting, shooting bear. And like, I love sending the message out from what bears head or just from Fred's head, you know, like what he was trying to accomplish in the, uh, in the archery or bow hunting world. Right. You know, and it's, it's one of those things like, uh, I always tell them like, Hey, go read a book or go, you know, to do that or just read up on it. I mean, now it's kind of like an iPad. They'll probably, right. you know, look up, but, but just um, read about the history of it and learn, you yeah. know, that it's so fascinating. You know, and if you look at like what Fred bear or Glenn St. Child, Charles or anybody, even Ben Pearson, anybody, what they yeah. look at the hurdles that they had to jump through or what they had to try to accomplish yeah. you know, when archery was becoming, what it is today and look at what they did it's just amazing without social media without social media <laughs> they had to be yeah. self-promote themselves and and their product i mean yeah one person i always said, said always has gotten way overlooked is ben pearson i mean look oh, at what 100 did i mean it's unbelievable and you know and him and fred bear and glenn Stage, they were all good friends you know yeah. and they all worked together on everything you know um sure you know there's always everyone who goes Fred Bear, Fred Bear, myself included, but man, Ben Pearson was something else, you know. Oh yeah, but you, that big polar bear, yeah, that he's standing beside. Somehow, I have got a copy of of him signed. That uh, really on that, yeah, he's in his suit. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's in his suit. I have a signed copy of that. I'm gonna dig it out somehow. I have to show it to you because now you brought it up. Now it made me yeah. think. Um. And I, how I got that was uh, uh, on the folks' land that I leased in in Illinois. Um, they had that, and they give it to me. <laughs> that's like, really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was. Just, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of them that right. he had done. I'm sure, but I have that somewhere, and I, I'm gonna dig it out. But uh, just to show you, because I thought it was like, that's an awful strange. Why is he in a suit? I was thinking it because this was years that's ago. How it was. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. how it was. You know, like I say, logistically, just look at the logistics, what they were trying to pull off back then, too. Yeah. Because outfitters are different. They didn't have our bow hunters coming. This was something all new for everyone. And to do yeah. what they did, it's just amazing. Like I say, the whole history and the development of the product and everything, you know, they're innovators. They were all innovators, you know. And we've gotten away from that. And we've gotten away from that foundation to build something up that didn't take overnight. Now everybody wants to do it overnight. You know? Right. Um, and, and they were all good woodsmen too. They knew, they knew. 100%. You know, because yeah. I, you know, you always hear that term, don't guide the guide. But back then they basically were doing that because they just, they had the guys didn't understand archery and what they needed, you know? No. And so there's it, still a lot of that today with rifle yeah. hunters versus, you know, getting up right. close, you know, yep. um, you know, a, a lot of guys I've, you know, would want to go because I want to go different places, but like, say, for instance, like I want to go kill an odd dad. And, and uh, the guy's like, oh, well, you're not using a bow. Yes, I am. Yeah, it's weird because some people still I mean, years ago, this is a long time ago. I ended up getting a I always wanted to shoot an axis deer. Yeah. So we went to, my wife and I, we were just dating at the time. I took her to a safari club banquet. A buddy of mine knows the taxidermy shop, giving me a couple of tickets. So I went, well, anyway, they were auctioning off a free range access deer hunt in Texas. 
and nobody wanted it. So I got it for like nothing, basically. Wow. So I called the guy and he, I said, you know, I want to come down and bow on. He's like, what? No. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, that's what I do. And he's like, no. I said, he goes, I allow gun hunting. It was just like, all right, well, what about a muzzleloader? Yeah, that'd be all right. So I said, well, you know what? I got the hunt for basically nothing. I'm going to go down to Texas and hunt. So I did. And uh, when I was down there, there was whitetails everywhere on this guy's place. He showed me where the axis deer frequented and everything. And they come here, there, they will come to this, you know, whatever. So anyway, I shot a nice axis deer at the muzzleloader. Great. But in the midst of all that, him and I became kind of good friends during that few days I was down there. And we started talking about whitetails. And I said, what about coming down here and hunting whitetails? And again, he's like, what, what is with you and this bow hunting? Why kind of bow hunt? Why would you even want to do that? Yeah. I said, because I enjoy it. So anyway, he agreed to it, you know, and I was going down there whitetail hunting with, and bringing several of my friends for, for many years. And, but he, here's a guy that he is an avid hunter, but he just never understood archery hunting. And we come oh, down yeah. there and he just like, you know, he let us stay at a, a house on the ranch and we would just go and do our own thing. He had 7,000 acres and we would just wow. go do our own thing and have it. We had a riot, you know, but yeah. he just, he was a guy that didn't understand this bow hunting thing, you know, <laughs> when a, and a lot of them don't because they don't spend enough time, you know, to become stewards of the land or, or, right. you know, of the timber, you know, so to speak, because they're in and out. You know, well, like, he told me, he goes, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. He goes, I love watching you guys shoot around the ranch during the day when you're target shoot. He goes, but personally, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. He goes, I, if I'm going deer hunting, I need to go shoot a deer and I got to take care of this ranch, you know? So that was, this is mindset, you know? Sure. So. Well, he's missing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, I know, I know you're trying to get uh, some things finished up there with, uh, uh, your your article and yep. man, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Yeah, you too. We'll have to hop back on and talk about the how the season's going to start out here this fall and yep. whatnot. So uh, yeah, turkey season's right around the corner here, and uh, yeah. yeah, then this fall heading back to Alaska uh, for the most of the month of September moose hunting. Oh, nice. So, nice. Yeah, and then if I draw any other out of state tags, so yeah, we'll have to touch base. Heck yeah. Well, if you draw Idaho, look me up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I know where all the bighorn are. Just all right. don't ever get to go. <laughs> I get to be a tag along most of the time because somebody okay. else is <laughs> I'll be a I'll be a pack horse or something. So. That's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, well, Jim, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, and hopefully everybody listen there go over. I know you hate Instagram, but Check you out on all your page. See some of those good tags that you have, and yep. um, we'll, we'll touch a uh, touch base again soon. Sounds good, Shane. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a pleasure. You, you bet, man. Take care. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>